This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know. Your mic is up, brother. So I will be taking over the show now. This is, you're going to hear Christian's Hello, every, oh, I'll, I'll switch, with, hold on. With Berkey's face. Frankenstein. They were so mad at me for not trying to speak through the intro, and this is what we got for the professional intro. They can hear you, brother. I know they can hear me. <laughs> Jeez. But can they, they hear, hear me, me, is the question. Berkey's All right, back. We're back. All right, so I'll let, you, I'll let the camera go back to you, Berkey. Go ahead. I'll allow it. What I was trying to say... <laughs> before I was rudely interrupted by this technical difficulty, is uh, it was a big weekend at the World Series. We had a lot of shit go down. Saw first-time bracelet winner, which is great because now I get to move up the list of the best who have never won a bracelet. That's very that important list? to me. Huh? You think you're on that list? He's I'm at the, the bottom list. of that list, but I'm on the list. <laughs> He's been on the list. Why you gotta be so mean today? Yeah, Listen, man, just you're spicy. so you you have turned so aggro. You no, so, so toxic. He didn't get to cook his breakfast. He had to drink it this morning. Yeah, I didn't drink my oh. breakfast today. He was salty. He got home from the gym and the shower wasn't open. Like no, everybody should be on landed schedules. So He's like, what the fuck's going on? And instead of making his food, then he just pouted around the house, and then he goes, I don't have enough time. I'm just gonna drink my eggs. Film it. I drank the eggs. It was for the people. But Conrad picked probably the worst time to shower when right before he could be early so I could be late so I couldn't yell at anybody for being late today. Mm. So okay. who's, who's in the... What's that list? Darren Elias doesn't have a bracelet. Oh, this is long. First of all, the final four of the heads up, none of them had a bracelet yet. Yeah. So they're all ahead of everyone. <laughs> all four of them. Nice. Well, minus Dan Smith now. Right. Uh, but yeah, Elias, uh, there, there's so many. There's so many. There's so, yeah. so many. Um, okay, so Dan Smith was crying. Uh, we'll get to that later. I, I, I still haven't seen it. I his, hope we his, have a video. His, honestly, <laughs> it was a fantastic speech. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We're joined in studio uh, a little bit later by uh, Kevin Rabichow. He's going to discuss the Final Fours. He's going to discuss the heads-up format. And most importantly, what it's like to play with a human rain delay in Christoph Vogelsang. That's a sick nickname, by the way. Human rain delay? I mean, like, just the coming up with it. Like, I wouldn't want to be the human rain delay, but coming up with the human rain delay is absolutely amazing. Oh, it's a, it's a baseball term uh, for pitchers who pitch slow. Oh, is it? That's, yeah. That makes it less amazing. I thought it was like, I thought Hanks came up with it. No. Because Hanks loves to come up with nicknames. I thought he came up with that on the spot. No, I didn't even know he oh, used man. it. But yeah, it's, it's very common in, in baseball. Gotcha. Um, for guys that are very slow. Mm. We, baseball also suffers from the... Uh, the, the, the pacing <laughs> yeah. issues. Um, outside of bracelet winners, actually, let, let's, let's, let's stick with bracelet winners. So we had two new winners yesterday from the uh, online world. Uh, the 500 was won by a very notable Manning Lucener. Looser? Looser. Is there an N or no? Mm, There's no N. No. It's L-O-E-S-E-R. Okay. Looser. I don't think Germans use the N. They, they just eliminate it? <laughs> I don't know. Man. Just talk <laughs> <of> shit. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why it's Wichter. The fuck, man. His name is Limitless. 
Um, <laughs> his so name. Today, one of the 500 for like your mic's out again no. alright my show been here before done it before anyway Landon what's up <laughs> how you uh, living I'm, <clears throat> it's, been a, it's been an interesting week to start the series I think I'm in for like 60k in buy-ins or so how, um, much are you, how many cashes do you have I have one I have much? one in the down bad invitational for $1,002 so but the Bravo down, fees keep, you they keep adding up man so you're only down 59 I'm only down 59. Minus the markup too, because yeah. that, that adds a little couple hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, sure, we'll take it. Okay, you know? so you're down 58. Yeah, 58, 57. Right. Did you call Dan yet? I said that we need to have maybe uh, every couple weeks a new video from the council of Dan, or maybe just someone from the council or just Dan himself that kind of tells me how I'm feeling through the series. Like, you're two weeks in. I know morale is still high. There's still a lot of good value events. <laughs> Great value even. You're going to be in those fields. You study very hard, but it doesn't matter. I think every week we should have <laughs> a new member of the Council of Dan uh, attribute. And I think like the exact halfway point of the series, it should be Dan Zach. Just to really give you that, that midway pep talk. I think next week should be D-Moon Girl. Dan, Dan, Daniel Anderson. <laughs> I think this week needs in. to be Dan Smith. Yeah. No, 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 it's too no, much no. hope. Like, it, like you, you, you even think see... he's going to impart Even him seeing Dan Smith's face, like, wow, he can do it. He won a bracelet. Do you know Dan no, Smith at that's all? not the relationship yeah. I have with Dan. No, no, no. 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 Dan's going to give me some hard truths. Of... That's not the relationship Dan has with anybody. Yeah, Dan's going to be like, <laughs> I've been playing 20 years and I just got one. You think you're just going to walk in? <laughs> you ain't getting shit. Exactly. Getting that's, shit. Why, that's why he needs to be on... This week's Council of Dan's. Oh, Dan Smith is nice or he's mean? He's, he's curmudgeon y. He like was myself. nice to me when we were going to play 1020 Heads Up at Bellagio. <laughs> now, <laughs> I <wonder why. laughs> now I realize why he was being nice to me. Yeah. I won like a thousand bucks and then I was like, am I an idiot for playing this guy? I, Dan, I think I'm done. <laughs> I, there's a really good game right here. Yeah, <laughs> we right. should just play that. Sure. The really uh, good game is just like a one-two game. <laughs> no, no, it was still ten twenty, but it, we were waiting for seats. He's like, "You want to play heads up?" And I'm like, mm, "Okay, sure." <laughs> and then after a little while, I was like, "Why? Am I, why am I a degenerate? Like, <laughs> don't play this man." <laughs> he was the degenerate. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> I can't believe he wasted his time. You should be. You Damn, should be Burke, fuck. I'm just saying, you should feel honored. I mean, ten twenty. Got to go home if you're waiting for seats. Uh, the five k bracelet event. was only like five k, dude. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, who gives a shit? The five k bracelet event uh, also wrapped up yesterday. The winner, uh, Nor. <laughs> I looked up the pronunciation earlier and I forgot it. Uh, Norbert Shesky. We Shesh apologize. <laughs> I said to have I the apologize. Google Voice do it, man. Yeah, I should have had Google Voice do it. You're right. Is he German? Uh, no, he's Hungarian. He won his third bracelet. For two hundred and thirty thousand, finishing uh, finishing first against Tony Dunst, who got second place. Pretty packed final table. Galfon made the final table. Greg Merson got third. Um, Adam Hendricks, I believe, got eighth. So a lot of recognizable names in uh, the five K final table. I went deep ish. Sad day. Not deep. You were a star at Galfon stream, dude. That's because I was telling everybody what I had. <laughs> no. No, he, he, was, uh, he was happy to have you on. We played like super weird, interesting hands with like... What you have on 10-5-5? Jack-10 of hearts. I knew you had a fucking 10. Yeah. So this hand was kind of interesting. Uh, I opened cutoff off of like 28. Uh, Volpe defends the button. 
and Phil defends out of the big blind. So we go three ways. Comes uh -huh. ten five five two spades and a heart. Uh -huh. Check. I check. Volpe. Uh, Probes, which, yeah. for what it's worth, I don't think I have a check here much, but I thought Volpe would stab way too often. With sixes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that, though that's fine. Uh, he bets, like, a weird sizing, like, I don't know, 40%-ish, something like that. Yeah. Galfon 3x raises. Yeah. And I have, like, pot behind. Tough spot. Yeah, but is it... We're, like, <laughs> really far from meaningful pay jumps, and I have a 10 it's like yeah sure he has a five but like there were they were like two and three in chips at the time yeah i want to say phil had like 50 bigs and volpe had like 40 ish um volpe just probably doesn't really have many if any fives almost no fives yeah and it's like phil, just, some ace phil just has like so many more flush draws than 5x eh, phil has a fair amount of fives <clears throat> defending three ways like he's mostly he just gonna have suit. seven offsuit yeah that's fair that that's pretty reasonable. Definitely peeling the the four five off. I don't think. Hey, yeah, he I don't hell think. Hell yeah, is. he is, dude. Maybe. I don't this think was, he is. This was like deep ish, like uh, in the money. Twenty left. Fold the four five. He called ten seven off. He wasn't sure though. Four five. To yeah, be fair, it, he wasn't sure. This is look. He spent the whole stream saying, "I like mixing it up. I like mixing <laughs> it up." <laughs> Yeah, I think, four, 10, five, seven, I think 10 the, 7 would definitely classify as a mixing it up hand. For yeah, sure. fair. Bro. Um, whatever, man. I, I had the backdoor hearts. You had a good too. read. You had the well, online I also backdoor hearts. Like, maybe I don't jam 10, uh, Jack 10 of Diamonds. I don't know. Uh, having backdoor hearts is probably bad, though. 3% is 3%. Uh, it's, it's, it may be bad. No. Bad, he, he's bad. not check raising that many backdoor hands. Okay. Not, not at that depth. Yeah. Uh, maybe, but like not three ways, not at that depth, I don't think. I think he's just going to use more front door, and when, when he chooses back doors, it'll be like something yeah. that blocks a five with the ace of spades. Anyway, I ripped through. I uh, get that one through. Um, but prior to that, so what happened? I, prior to that, I got crippled. Uh, Gelfond opened. I jammed 23 with ace queen from the small, and Volpe yeah. woke up with queens, queens in the big uh, for 20. So I had three blinds left, ran it all the way back up to this stack now. Um, but you in the feeling, midst of you that. You were feeling so good, right? I was. <laughs> But right before I go cooled off, I played a hand versus Jake Daniels, which he's oh, texting yeah. me while wild. the hand's happening. So I'm playing a 500 live bird. I'm running a major bluff in a 5K online. And the guy I'm running it against is fucking texting me mid-hand, <laughs> asking me what's going on. So I open fours under the gun. He defends the big. It comes ace, ace, nine, uh, rainbow. How many left? Checks, uh, I don't know, 26, something like that. What? Okay. Or six-hander or seven-handed. This isn't open. Back the fuck off. <laughs> uh, Mixing it up. It's fours. It's not deuces. <laughs> it's, still, it's fours. It's go, fours. go, 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 go. Don't worry. Ace, ace, nine, rainbow. Don't worry. He checks. Uh, I bet one blind. He calls. Yeah. Turn 10. He checks. Yeah. I bet two-thirds pot. I'm restricted to the buttons on the phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, Classic phone buttons. He calls. Uh, River queen. He checks. Uh, backdoor clubs missed. Yeah. Uh, he checks on the queen, and I jam for pot. Do you leave chips behind? No. Mm, should do that. Don't care. We were literally like seven away from pay jump. Okay. Uh, and I can't even see the other table. That's actually kind of so cool, it won't though. matter. It's actually kind of cool. I mean, because you have to try to find bluffs on that. Yeah, you got to reach right? for bluffs at some point. Small oh, pairs yeah. are usually going to be uh, where you prefer. Uh, so he folds an obvious ace, 
and starts like blowing up my text asking me what I had and I tell him 4-4 and he goes please that's suicide like give me a lie that I can actually believe or whatever so obviously I just <laughs> screenshot the hand history that was legend that and was send legend. it to him yeah, what do you say what do you say I don't remember something like I love you or, or, or <laughs> something like I love you yeah, like, it was fun. I really thought I was gonna make a deep run in both. Instead, I ended up playing till one a.m. in the fucking shit show. The DBI busting it. And Got nineteenth in this, busted it. Now I'm down forty k for the series instead of fifty. Plus minus the markup though. No markup. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even sell anything. I know. Fuck it. Uh, all right. Last last topic of conversation before we get into the real shits. Uh, yesterday, Frank the Tank, Mister Chicken Wing himself put out quite the interesting tweak wobble you want to yeah that, there it is uh, that is so fucking disturbing man just on you know what's Do we most have disturbing just a photo just a photo we should have got the video man. you want to know what's most disturbing Go. here is Talk to me. is not that his nipples are being pinched all right it's it's a combination of the look on his face yeah with the eye contact the masseuse is making, like wanting to ensure that she's doing a great job uh, of just like having (laughs) him reach bliss. Uh, I don't know what the fuck made him. I don't know what goes through his head ever. Bro, he's a showman. Like that's all the time he's doing some wild shit. You've seen him before. You act like he hasn't, he's always on something. You want want something else, Christian? You'll see him again. You'll see him before. He's not he, going anywhere. Right, but like, where's the line, man? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just don't want to see a grown man's nipples getting played with at a table. Call me old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we don't want to see it. Yeah. But he's trying to, you know, show us that he's having a good time. Yeah, yeah, he's having a blast. I get it. Like, double, like, double fisting getting a massage is, a, is enough of a message, I think. Double fisting the beers. Getting the massage is strong. I mean, right. the, guy's, the guy's having a great time. Right. So there, there's a serious conversation to have out of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we can't ahead. spend too much time on it, um, but I do want, at least want to bring it up. Uh, obviously, there are ramifications to this. It's like, this, this is unacceptable in a lot of ways. Right. And uh, especially when it goes up publicly, like he, he did it to make a public spectacle. Yeah. So people are going to judge, clearly. Yeah. Now, obviously, the photo's staged, and it's assumed that uh, all parties right. involved were cooperative right um but with that said like how much how much onus is now on the world series to punish frank in some way shape or form like you know what i mean like what does that punishment look like uh i think it's very i think it's very minimal uh regards to frank like obviously trying to show he's having a good time i think you know because he asked for it didn't mean that it had to happen um you know the massage therapist still did it and it was kind of like a stage thing as far as we know the massage therapist made a tweet and then you know she said that after that small little thing the massage was very normal it's not as if this was a continued 30 minute thing that was happening it was a very like small clip and then it was a very normal massage after so i think it's very minimal consequences uh at least for frank in regards to the massage therapist i think that's up to the company she works for um and she says she got in trouble. So okay, so this is the this is the issue I take, is that uh, this is all Frank's doing. Yeah, and the only person who's being punished now is the massage therapist, and to some degree, I think rightfully so. Right, like 
she's culpable in this in some way, shape, or form. She she did it maybe against her better judgment or whatever the case may be. But the bigger point is from the the massage uh, business standpoint, mm. this is this is an industry where they're always constantly trying to clean up their image, right? Yeah. They don't ever want to imply sexual favor right. in exchange for money. Right. And uh, I mean, to the degree where it's like very important to call them massage therapists instead of masseuses, because it's the difference between being licensed and unlicensed. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think that from an optics standpoint, the massage company absolutely has to do something. I'm not saying she has to be fired, right? I'm not saying it needs to be anything like super extreme, mm-hmm. but like at a bare minimum, she needs to get a warning or, or, or not needs to, but at a bare minimum, they are going to yeah. warn her or, uh, you know, she's going to get in trouble she in some way, shape or form. on probation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Right. So if that's the case, if, if there's fallout for her where she's for the most part, an innocent bystander, a willing bystander nonetheless, but uh, you know, for the most part, she's just kind of like, you know, playing along for what right. we assume to be a very big tip. For sure. Why then are we just like leading Frank off with a, uh, hey man, stop doing this type of shit. We we do fall into this sort of like, well, the Frank is Frank and Phil Hamu is Phil Hamu. Then like, we kind of just like let personalities be who they are and then maybe maybe we just to dry the line somewhere if a girl exposed her nipples in any way shape or form at the table there's no way in hell it would be a slap on the wrist what do you think it would be a temporary band uh, I, I don't know something right there would be some sort of punishment yeah remember it's, it's last, not the same like two though years ago I, I mean, when my man went, went on like on he was on a super binge and like went on the Crab's table and just like straight up pulled his yeah. pants down. That was wild. Bro. He's gone. Look, that's not Pittsburgh's <laughs> finest. We don't want to talk about that guy anymore. Go ahead, Andre. Yeah, obviously it's not the same just culturally uh, for right. women's nipples and men's nipples. It's weird, right? Like with Frank and with Phil, we want to, the community wants something to happen where everybody isn't doing this shit, right? It, at scale, this is just a nightmare. Like it's annoying. Right. Yeah. If everybody at the table is just getting their nips pinched nonstop. Yeah, it's poor or, form. Or, or saying that we're going to blow up the whole fucking casino or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, we can't disincentive. We have to let this stuff happen because it's kind of like the, the, the fun stuff of poker. So it's a weird duality here. We need to punish it to the point where, you know, we don't incentivize everybody to do this shit, but also we want to let this happen. I agree with you. It's weird. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I I think my my biggest issue that I'm taking with this is not that it happened and not that Frank isn't being overly punished, but that the woman is. Correct. I think it sucks that like her job is somehow in jeopardy because of partaking in something that like garnered her a big tip. And now obviously like when you sign up for that job, you have to draw a hard line in the sand of like things you're unwilling to do for money uh, while you're while you're on the clock, so to speak. But this is way less gray than, uh, like, this is pretty innocent, all things considered. Agree. It just gives the wrong perception is the problem. Optically, it's very bad for the massage company. I I don't even know if that's the case. The only reason why I say is because, like, everything about that picture to me was, it's staged, it's hilarious, it's supposed to meant to be fun, right? And the problem is people are taking a funny thing seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that part's true. Right. But I, so, I mean, I guess from my perspective, it's like I play in these private games. And like when I see that image, uh, I know like what that image both implies and like what also happens behind closed doors. 
So it's like when you play in these private home games or whatever, and you see that that's so tame. That's that's right. Life, like that. Dog. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> just like that's that's okay. That's she's okay with this. Let's see what another hundred gets me, kind of thing. Uh, and, and I think that. I don't know. I, I think glorifying that whole idea of uh, exchanging money for sex and like the the power imbalance there is just not really a great look. But I agree with what you're saying from the standpoint of like we should encourage people to to be fun and to test the boundaries of of like what fun is. I just think that there's like obvious levels of just having some couth, right? Having some self respect, having some respect for the people around you in the environment, where you don't just turn it into your own personal green door. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think he definitely needs to be punished more and she needs to be punished less. Right. Yeah. Cause they're treating it as if she was serious about the whole thing. And it, this is somehow a, a statement on the entire industry, which right. it's right. not right. Yeah. It's, it's more about being a human and they're treating him as it's like, Oh, that's him. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah like boys a, will be boys. Like classic type Frank yeah, like, type. Type stuff. Yeah, it's just kind of an optics thing, right? Like it, it would be the equivalent of uh like Ricky Williams being on the cover of uh High Times magazine back when like weed was like very uh harshly punished in the NFL. Optically it's just so bad for the company that even though this is a pretty innocuous thing, it's not what they want and they have to punish it as if he used almost. All right. Right? You know, because he's kind of admitting it. The tough thing is the repercussions come from a tweet not like if you see it first yeah you have to you have to do something immediately but now that has publicity how do you deal with that because it's like after the fact you're not gonna you're gonna say well the next tournament you want to go into you're just not gonna be you know you're gonna be punished there yeah so there isn't really a great repercussion for him other than like he has to publicly apologize, I don't know. Exactly. I think that's reasonable. I think an apology would be reasonable. I think him sitting out a couple events would be reasonable. I think like a lifetime ban would obviously be unreasonable. Correct. But like it's it's obviously got to be something in between. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, the bigger meteor topic. Uh, the twenty five k heads up played down to a winner this weekend. <clears throat> Huge congratulations to Dan Smith wins his first bracelet. <laughs> nice job, man. nice job, young man. Good job, Dan. Um, but unfortunately, uh, that story is a little bit overshadowed by Vogel saying, doing one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen at a poker table in a three bet pot on him first to act. He took nearly three minutes to make a decision with Jack's on a nine high board. Gross. I think we got that clip. This is unbelievable. By the way, he is yet to act. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm talking about other things. I, I, Somebody, I mean, somebody over Kristoff's uh, head taking pictures of the moment. I would throw something. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it, it, it's got to be tough. I mean, I, I don't want to belabor the point and talk about it. There are, there are shot clocks, by the way, in most of the high rollers, but no shot clock in a heads-up event, and it's got to be difficult to play uh, in a situation like this. I mean, this is the thing. If you're faced with a bet, like let's say he bet and then Rabichow moved all in and then you took three or four minutes, I get it. But this is just a check and on a nine high board with Jax. What are you tanking for two and a half minutes with? This is unbelievable, by the way. Bro. He is yet to act. This is a still yeah. right now. That's why I'm talking about other things. I, I, <laughs> I didn't know if, I, I didn't see, all right. When Somebody, did the video start? Because it all looked the uh, same. <laughs> the I mean, he tanked for I a long, the, the video barely encapsulates it. It was nearly three full minutes. 
Yeah, All right, so I, I want to get tough. the point I mean, of view from uh, the most patient man in poker, are, very clearly. We have in studio today K-Rab. He was on the other side of this brutal fucking tank. And the first thing I want to ask, because I think it's the question we all have, why didn't you call clock? Yeah, I mean, so I think the expectation for me going into that match, like I've played with Kristoff before. I know a lot of people who have. And literally before I even sat down hand one, I had people telling me like, hey, by the way, it's going to be a nightmare. Do you want to call clock? So I decided beforehand what, like how I was going to approach clock taking. Mm -hmm. And I decided I was only going to think about doing it on the river. That's okay. just like how I, that was my mentality yeah. going in. So it wasn't like out of the blue, oh, there's this weird three minute spot. What do I do now? There was a plan already. Okay. And I just... To be honest, after like two minutes, I'm like second guessing my plan right. because I've already, <laughs> I, it was beyond the point where I thought we would ever reach on an early street. So it, it surprised me to be in that spot, but I just, you know, I stuck to my plan. Was there, was there an arbitrary number in your head where like you would have deviated? Like what if this reached six, seven minutes? No, honestly, I, I, it just didn't cross my mind before That's playing. That's incredible, so I just didn't. It's so insane. Like yeah. I remember reading the updates and apparently like Korai and Vogelsang in the match of 16, Played an 18 minute hand. Wow. Like, they're Sigourney's only 20 pot. minute levels. <laughs> <laughs> they're 20 minute levels, bro. Like, you just yeah. passed an entire level just kind of thinking. And, like, I get it. You want to think, take your time. But, like, at some point, you need to do something. It's, it's, <laughs> it's truly exhausting. Um, I, I, I want to kind of preface this a little bit with my point of view as a viewer and somebody who's also played with Kristoff. Uh, first and foremost, like, I, I think that it's really important for us to use our audio or our platform and like inform the audience. Christoph is very well liked. He is an incredibly nice human being. He's very good at poker. We all respect and appreciate what it is that he does, but this element of Christoph's game is absolutely insufferable as a player, as a watcher, as a fan, uh, everything in between. Um, I guess from my vantage point, uh, it, it becomes apparent that like shot clocks are necessary, but that's a discussion that we can kind of uh, dovetail into uh, as, as this carries on. Uh, what what interests me is what he's actually doing with the time because I don't believe any part of him is wasting it. I, I guess like right. can, can you fill us in? Do you think you have like a little bit more insight as far as where his mind is at in a? Because I know these spots can get a little bit complex, but you know we're not talking about like 400 big blinds deep in a five bet pot or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't, I don't know Kristoff extremely well. We've, we've spoken, we've talked a few hands, we've known each other online a long time. I, I do also believe he's using that time intentionally. I think it's actually kind of silly that people have implied that he's using it like maliciously to try and pick up something because right. he, he doesn't even make an effort as far as i can tell to pick up anything he's he's in the hoodie yeah so right. like he's it's all concealment right it's not it's not reading so yeah i, I just think he's like i was actually talking landon we were talking before like i don't think anyone really studies heads up that much these days right but i think he still holds himself to like a really high standard for heads up and and for whatever he's playing right he only plays big buy-ins he takes every hand really seriously so i could imagine him going through like three different bet size decisions what his whole range wants to do the benefits of checking he'll he'll often take time to just recount stacks after like a small hand has happened because i think he just like blanks forgets right. like what happened the two yeah. hands prior and then gets back into it so i think he's honestly just like trying to be really careful and meticulous but it 
it ends up taking a really long time because he's so detail-oriented. Yeah, like, he played a hand against Dan uh, in the finals where Dan bet pot in the river, and then Chris took a while and then called, and then he kind of looked away, and then Dan's like, what were you looking at? And then after the whole interaction, Christoph kind of, like, softly said, I was thinking about all the combos that you would check back the turn with. So he's just spending all of that time thinking about how each hand in each person's range plays and then comes to a decision yeah there's but, definitely no tilt <clears throat> but i mean it's there's definitely no tilting slash angling like i'm gonna do this to make you mad kind i get of it thing. but he also plays tournaments that have shot clock right and he and we would all buy christoph action in these tournaments too so what why does why when allowed he takes this like insane amount of time when he does fine in the super high roller bowl with a shot clock because yeah. he's allowed yeah yeah i think that's like the weird part of being a, a top competitor right is like if the rules are framed in a way that let you do whatever it is that they let you do you're sacrificing like if he knows he he benefits from the extra mm -hmm. time he's just like giving money to the other players right out of kindness right out of consideration which like some people do but i don't know that he's obligated to like that's where it gets weird i think right yeah, th this is something that I, I kind of speak about a lot, uh, and I do think that it's the big difference between cash and MTTs, um, <clears throat> which ironically is kind of born out of the fact that uh, MTTs are so much more accessible. They're open to everybody. There, there isn't this exclusivity to them, where once you start to get the high stakes cash, they're basically like cherry pick curated lineups and stuff like that. And the major difference that I recognize is that in the private world of cash games, when you're playing nosebleeds, it's very much a gentleman's agreement to play along some unspoken rule set mm -hmm. that isn't necessarily clearly defined in black and white, but everybody kind of gets. So there is this passing back and forth of bits of EV uh, just based off of the idea that like, yeah, we're all trying to make the most that we possibly can, but more importantly, we're trying to ensure that the environment is stable and doesn't collapse because of a greedy actor. And those people get pushed out very quickly. Obviously, in MTTs, it's very different, right? Because it's just open. So there is no real curating the environment. And now you are kind of heavily incentivized to just chase every single last sliver of EV. But in your opinion, like, at what point are there diminishing returns? Because... Sure, if we gave him an hour to think about the spot, I'm sure that he would choose the absolute most optimal decision. But how much does he gain there? Yeah, I don't think he gains a lot. I mean, if I was coaching Kristoff, I would probably tell him to like play faster for his own benefit, like for truly for his own strategic benefit. Yeah. Ignoring all the other factors. I mean, it's funny you bring up like private game cash because I, I actually prefer tournaments for the reasons you just described because mm -hmm. the rules are clearly outlined. Right. Because there's no like hidden obligations or like un unspoken i don't know the unspoken part doesn't appeal to me because right. then it's like only a select few understand it sure yeah. and they That's... and they make the decisions when it's tournaments it's like it's it's out there we we just they tell you what the rules are and and whoever's organizing the tournament decides all this stuff so i i just would prefer the onus to be on them to handle all of this because I, I don't really want to be thinking about it i was know? mad like, wrong then because i was like I was like oh why didn't k rep like berkey was like why didn't k rep call time i was like i was like i think he didn't call time because he's being like nice because if he's in a tough spot he doesn't want Kristoff to call time 
And he was like, nah, can't rep line like that. I think Kristoff <laughs> is not allowed to call clock on anyone ever for the rest of his career. Could you rest imagine? Of this year, rest ever. Imagine time banks. Imagine someone takes like 30 seconds in a spot where there's no shot clocks and he just goes, clock. <laughs> do you, I mean this, do you this, think he would have called clock on you? I, I'm actually not sure. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I, I, I haven't played with Kristoff that much. I don't know if he's ever called clock on anyone, but like, right. I remember this, this made me flash back to a conversation I had with Parker Talbot at a tournament once. We were playing a WPT like bubble before they have the, the shot clocks yeah. brought in. And we were talking about like when he's the chip leader in that situation, he's going to play really fast and he's going to call clock as much as he's allowed to because right. that's maximum benefit for him. Right. But when he's the short stack, he's going to tank. Sure. And, and, that's just him maximizing in both directions. And that's mm -hmm. him taking advantage of the rules he's allowed, right? And, and that made sense to me. Like, I, I was pretty new into live tournaments when I had that conversation with him. And I was like, I, I guess that just makes sense. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the maximum. I think that in the tournaments, there's a discretionary rule when it comes to tanking when it gets to that point. Like, so if someone calls the clock and is repeated, repeatedly getting the clock called on them, the TD can, like, make their clock go from 30 seconds to 15 to like five to 10. But then again, that's on the chip leader understanding that it's in his best interest to start clocking people in these spots. It's so hard to police though. Cause it's like, right. That's, you have an entire room. It's like, how many, well, it depends on the event. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. But like, if you're talking about, you know, a one K at the series and people are tanking, it's really hard to police. Right. That now. It, it happens less there too. And the people that are really trying to uh, maximize their EV in those spots are, they, they stick out like a sore thumb, right? Um, and and this, is, this goes back to like what I was saying about uh, the environment itself between cash and MTTs. When you get to these big open field MTTs, there are again, like a lot of these unspoken rules that everybody's gonna play fast, mainly because the recreationals play fast. Uh, and to Landon's point, you know, it isn't black and white. It is a lot of discretion by the TD. Um, and it gets kind of particularly murky Whenever you start talking about things like the main event, where it's maybe 70% recs, 50% recs, something like that, uh, depending on how you qualify a rec, and a few sharp pros. Uh, once in the main event, I think it was like 2015 or something like that, Alex Keating was at my table. And on dinner break, he convinced everybody to tank until we were in the money. We were four levels out. What? I was oh chip leader God. at my table, and we got in like 30 hands for the rest of the day. And it was, there was nothing I could do. I kept clocking him. The floor was annoyed that I was clocking him because, you know, everybody's doing Isn't it. Isn't that expressly against WSOP rules to like, like that would fall under the category of collusion. It, it should, but it's yeah. like, it's he said, she said, you know? And that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, there's so much about the live environment that isn't controllable, that is controllable online. Um, we obviously need just like much, much better solutions. Right. Online, there's just a time bank. You get a certain amount of time. When you go to zero, your hand's just dead. That's it. Yeah. And everyone plays by the rules. When you sign up to the tournament, you play by those rules. Also online, you don't need a TD. Like every table is managed uh, by the algorithm, right? So uh, the main event's a great example or the, the 500 uh, home wrecker event that we just played is another good example where you have a thousand tables, right? <laughs> Uh, and as you're getting oh, yo. down to the bubble, you're condensing down to like, I don't know, a hundred or 200 or 300 yeah. tables, something <laughs> like that. But you have five TDs. Yeah. Real quick. It's just insane in that tournament. how like, we're just pretty close to the bubble at this point, And they're having people move from Paris 
to Bally's to go like to new tables while yeah. the tournament's going and there's like a couple hundred people off the money you just see an influx of new people coming in for this tournament like it's crazy i mean it's, to not, be it's fair. not as bad as you think though because the the yeah. clocks are there's a discrepancy between the clocks so that's why they, they give there's actually like that seven minutes okay that they actually funnel in oh so interesting. There's, a, there's a small discrepancy between the clocks so also, they don't they don't lose time yeah gotcha. also uh okay also you're way over exaggerating how close to the money they were you you we were still like five levels away it depends on the day because like maybe there was when i played it the first time right after dinner break we were like a couple hundred like 150 people off yeah and then in yours it was probably five six hundred we didn't cash until level 19 or 20 level 20. what was big blind then because i'm pretty sure we cashed like 20 20 or 25k you cashed a big blind 20k yeah wow we cashed like big blind 12k no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> All right, let's let's go back to the real conversation, which is back to the Vogel saying stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I think there's like a couple of lenses to look at this at, um, and I'm gonna start with like just a sheer marketing lens. Okay, so I think that if we know, oh, let, let's start with the premise that WSOP is going to be the number one way we market to the casual consumer. For sure. Right, and if that is the case that will instruct what type of tournaments go on our live broadcasts. I think that- Well, sadly it doesn't. It's it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, It's Correct. almost exclusively high rollers. Correct. That are covered, and then they, they filter in uh, other events that have big names at it. Like the 2500 final table was pretty star-studded. On uh, like a competitive uh, mindset, I think Vogelsang is completely in his right. I, I don't think anybody's questioning that. He's in his right to do what he's doing. It's just annoying for us, yeah. right? Because to us, no other pro is chiseling the way he's chiseling. Right. Right. It's, it's completely asymmetric. So not only is it the tanking, but it's just like his whole getup. I, I've expressed a lot of annoyance with that, where it's just like, you're wrapping yourself around. I get why you're doing it, but it's just so fucking frustrating if you're going to take off, you know, everything. I'll push back on that a little bit. I, I mean, there are some people that just aren't really built for the live environment. And I think it's pretty reasonable that he's just like very anxious, a little bit antisocial and feels very uncomfortable, like under the lights. So covering up is kind of a means of making yourself small. Isn't and, that part of the skill set though? Yeah, it is. Like, Isn't there a rule you have to be recognizable though? It doesn't seem like he was recognizable. That I don't know. Uh, I don't. Anybody else? Knows I think there's for a sure. rule that you sure. have to be recognizable. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm unsure. I mean, we'll we'll talk to Tyson. I do think though that if we know certain tournaments are going to be live streamed, the rule set needs to be curtailed for that. Yeah. Because this is our biggest marketing push. Hey, Rab, yeah. what if he just like went like this and it wasn't Kristoff? Like, would you? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, like for real though, like. <laughs> Come on, like he's not recognizable. <laughs> Who could it be? I would just be impressed. Bro. It was very yeah, impressed. I'm so impressed. Like that would be insane, bro. Do you? Uh, so obviously they're going to implement a shot clock in the future for these heads up. We have yeah. to assume that, right? It's it's a little. I I have no idea why there wasn't. Like yeah. The, the high roller running in the other room off stage was was trying, I guess. To, it was to so do odd. shot clocks. I yeah. It, it was so, so well, crazy. Like still, like, here. why wouldn't you? We've got two tables, and and everyone's like, we have some of the best dealers. This is kind of a opportunity to test out a sh uh, chess clock, no? Given the heads up dynamic of it, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really the the one format for sure where a chess clock would actually function very well. 
Yeah, I like the chess clock idea a lot. I've I've enjoyed that since uh, I think it's GG does it at final tables. Yeah. Since they started doing that, I was like, yeah, this is this is way better than like the fixed duration of time. I'm not I'm not big on the fixed duration of time. Agreed. Okay, so the way the chess clock would work was you get your X amount of time for pre-flop action, and then if you run out of the chess clock, your hand is dead. Yeah, you get. Right? I think it's a five-second buffer. So like five is your five is your automatic shot clock, uh -huh. even if you have no chess clock remaining. Yeah. But for the whole FT, you get let's say like ten minutes or twelve minutes or right. eight minutes or whatever. That's plenty. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Because like in the 25K, uh, the 8 Max, they wanted to use shot clocks and time extension, extensions, but they only had like, I guess, 15 little iPads, and they didn't have enough little iPads for the turnout that came out, so they stopped using the shot clock right. until there were enough tables to implement the shot clock again. Then my which, man Caverman started going off on the clock. What do you mean? Iron Caverman, he just like started taking forever. He's notoriously. Yeah slow <laughs> yeah. uh oh you mean like once they they took the the clock away wow that's hilarious he must have had a bad table draw because my table was speedy once the <laughs> clocks course, went off it was you there <laughs> i think the chess yeah i play fast the chess clock stuff is really hard to implement um if they want to well, actually, heads up it's very possible it, it is yeah. but even so like i think you know with with the dealers only having two hands and stuff it's just like a lot to manage while oh, watching no, no. I, I mean i was thinking more so you're just sitting across from one another and the clock is just there you just yeah, just like oh, chess. you actually tap yeah. it yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. well i was thinking a solution would be there in speed running they have these uh foot pedals okay for for you know like timing stuff right. yeah so dealers could get like foot pedals to adjust that that and would actually be really it would cool. clear up a lot of stuff but we're just a adding it's so crazy that in 2022 we just can't figure out the clocking thing <laughs> like we we have solutions but they're very 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 far from perfect um and i don't even know necessarily like what ways we can make the current uh ex execution better um for example uh wpt does i think they do 30 second time banks and you get six uh so it equals like five minutes total but um and then like hustler live and live at the bike they do uh one minute extensions yeah. and what i find with both of those is uh they tend to be a little bit problematic in the sense that there are a lot of decisions where you just need like 10 extra seconds right so like you might have just like a 40 second decision with a 30 second clock because it took you a little bit of time to count the chips or you, there's just so much about live that like can take an extra few seconds and the ev of each of those time chips is worth a lot so like wpt specifically is uh is one to look at because you get six time chips at making the money or, or sorry on the bubble um mm -hmm. and then they don't replenish again until final table so it's like if bubble was like 36 you don't get your chips back until there's six left yeah that's a lot of the most important time both bubble and pre-final table where there are going to be a lot of people that are basically without time clock. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think pads had a pretty good idea, but I don't know how executable it is live where you just get like five minutes worth of 10 second chips. The problem is, is I think it's like maybe too much back it's and forth for management. the dealer. Yeah. A lot of management. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So clock aside, tell us a little bit more about the experience of, of the, the heads up tournament like running deep in it uh it he capped smoked out phil ivy dude 
He smoked him. I heard, I heard it was like no contest. Like, like it was like K-Rap went in there, looked him straight in the face. He's like, you're going down. And Phil was like, bro, you know who I am? He's like, no. And he just ended him. He just ended him, bro. How'd you do that, bro? Yeah, why you do that to him like that? Oh, man. Actually, like halfway through that match, Phil looked at me in the eye and he's like, what's your name? <laughs> I think he, yeah. Phil does this shit on Phil, Phil has to do this on purpose, man. He has a oh, history no. of doing this no. all the time. No. no, he did it. Remember, remember high stakes poker? Like the guy literally like won the main event. I think it was like yeah, Peter yeah, Eastgate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Who is that? Yeah. Like, Peter's like, he won the main event. No, no. All right, the takeover is here. He's gone once again. All right, so you smoked them. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, that, that match was super fun. And it's, it's funny that we're spending so much time talking about tanking with regard to my match against Vogelsang because obviously my match versus Ivy wasn't like streamed or anything. But there were like two or three river decisions where Ivy just took like the maximum amount of time. And I'm sure it was just because he smelled weakness in me and he was like, I'm going to get a read on this kid. <laughs> and he literally, like there was one, the first river bet that I made against him, it wasn't even like a huge pot. It was maybe a 10 big blind river bet or something. He spent like, I don't know, I don't have a clock. It must have been seven minutes or something. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. At what yeah. point do you think calling the clock is reasonable? But I feel like you can have the, you don't call clock on Phil Ivey. That's just it. Like, yeah. When I mean, you again, I just bet? have my game plan, right? And, yeah. it's, and it's like, well, my game plan against Phil Ivey was concealment because I just like, I think I can play the game technically better than him but if i show anything he's more likely to pick up on that than i am to know that i'm giving it off right, right. so i just tried to be like as consistent as possible right. and one of those consistencies was no speech like i i just decided i wasn't gonna say my bet sizes i wasn't gonna call clock whatever right. yeah that's smart yeah I, I think that's pretty good uh also like when you're the one betting you just don't want to call clock it's <laughs> really it's such don't. a weird meta that is you it create weirdness? is it strength what is it it's just yeah. weird it just throws things off but it's seven minutes. At what point do you say, like, <laughs> I don't know, let's man. get I'll the show on there. the road? I'm just going to look at the floor oh, or I mean, something. K-Rab's sticking to his strategy. You're no, smart, of course. though. Because like, if he calls clock, like, Phil goes into his fucking universe yeah. of, like, yeah. well, what does that mean? How did he say it? Like, all yeah, this, that, I was thinking about that, too. Yeah. Like, I, like I you have wanna... to practice how you say right, clock. Right. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> clock! Not even joking. Like, all jokes aside, like, when you don't really speak that much when you play, because, like, I don't speak that much when I talk about, like, bet sizes and stuff, but, like, when you're saying bet sizes and you're not really much of a bet size speaker if like you don't have the right chips or whatever like sometimes your voice just cracks yeah. and it's like three three thousand like you just kind of like have a little pause for us old-timey regs are all over that shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> i catch you try with, it i catch you with Matt. a frog fucking in your voice try it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking try it and snap <laughs> fucking try it yeah, yeah. yeah. What if, what if all right goes come down like immediately after k-rap goes clock like phil just makes the exact right decision yeah. right he just goes like <laughs> right. <"Puck off."> <laughs> <laughs> Or you just like, in, in defense of not calling clock, he made the wrong decisions. So. <laughs> See? There you go. There you you go. played Daniel too, right? Yeah, I played Daniel in the Damn, first what round. A that was fun. Legend. Legendary. Whole, yeah. I mean, I just got the you most fun them, matches, right? basically. You smoked them? Uh, no, he had like a five to one chip lead, and then I just sun ran, and yeah, that wow. was good. Nice. Legend Slayer. That's what you are, K Rob. I'll take Legend it. Slayer. How, how did you feel overall about the, the structure? Like, I was surprised that it capped out at 64, so I think that that's really good. Was this the first year they upped it to 25 or the second? Uh, it's the second. So last fall, it was the first time it was 25K, and they missed by, like, seven players, I okay. think. Um, but, yeah, it, it filled up this year. Do you I, think that they'll ever expand it to 128? I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I've complained before about the way they do buys here, though, because they'll, they'll make... Anyone who's forced to play that first match, mm -hmm. if someone has a buy, they'll they'll give them their money back when they win. 
Yeah. So like it half know, the money, right? the prize pool. Is it half? It's half, yeah. Okay, what, yeah, whatever it is. But it, it like really cut the prize pool down. Last year we had seven fewer players, and first was like 240k. Okay. And this year we get seven more players. First was 510. So, right. Wow. It's wow. a it's a huge yeah. difference yeah. in the money you're playing yeah. for. A lot of it gets cleared out in round one when they do the buys. Right. So I prefer they hit a manageable size and just cap out. Right. Um, maybe, I don't know about the 25k price point, but e either way, I, I prefer they cap out. Maybe it's just more reasonable to give less to the to the first round it seems like giving a 50 percent rebate is an awful lot of roi for winning one match yeah right like uh having to play one additional match certainly isn't worth half your buy-in yeah so maybe it's just a matter of like reducing that to like 25 yeah. percent of your buy-in or, or something like yeah. that or we just doing the system the right way and like in the sense of like if you have buys everyone has the same ev draw on getting a buy right uh if i don't you just know, give man. people buys the buys do you think people would just get mad from an optic standpoint of like I had to play and I didn't get the buy? Well, it's or... incredibly bad for recreationals if they have to play the extra match. Obviously, yeah. they're already drawing dead. Uh, and then on top of that, it's like, yeah, I do think that there should be some sort of let's not call it reward, but like some sort of compensation for having to play that first round match. I, I just think it's as easy as figuring out what the ICM of every match is worth. Yeah, and then just offering that back. Maybe it's ten percent of a buy, and maybe it's twenty five percent. Right, I don't know, because some matches are worth. It's more almost than certainly not half. It's definitely yeah. too high. I mean, we were talking about this with pads, and we were thinking like, if if they do that system, you want to play like your your yeah. EV of the, in the tournament is higher. Right. Like, and I think substantially when we when we calculated it out. Yeah. So it's it's obviously out of sync. Yeah, that right. makes sense. Uh, what did you think of the overall structure? I, I know Lena was complaining a little bit about some of the levels. Yeah, it. I mean, the early matches were were long. Well, all the matches were long. Uh, I think they gave us too many chips to yep. start play. Uh, I see no reason why we need to start with more than 100 bigs. Like, I, I would rather start with 100 bigs and then maybe play 30-minute levels or something. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with 20, but 100 bigs and then, like, smaller increments or whatever. E either way, it was... Just a ton of small chips on the table, way too, way too many big blinds to start. Do you think that um, if you were to play 100 deep, uh, like a best of three structure would be fine? Or yeah. just playing a one and done structure is reasonable? I mean, I, um, when was the last time at, at Borgata, they had a WPT like 3K heads up or something, and it took no longer than this tournament. It was the same like pacing two matches per day. But it was best of three from the start. Yeah, but everybody there stinks. <laughs> no, Phil, I, Hamid, Phil Hamid won, I think. I played in that event. I stink. <laughs> well, it's a 3K price point. That's a different market. But yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. What was the number of people that entered? Uh, it might have capped. Might have been it 64. Yeah. It might have been the same. Cap. Yeah, I think, I think it 64. It 64 again? Okay. But still, it's just like... I'm you, just saying the money goes in way lighter. <laughs> it doesn't take any They're more way time to run that structure. Right. You just start with fewer chips. And, yeah. Uh, play best of three. I, yeah. I prefer that. I, I like, like best, best of three. Of three. It's how how far would you go with that? Do you think starting with fifty is too shallow? Playing best of three. I mean, personally, I think it's too shallow. Maybe yeah. I'm biased because I played a lot of hundred big blind heads up in my sure. career. So that's just like that's to well, me. Well, I do that's think we need to kind of to create. Yeah. I, I think we kind of need to create some sort of uniform standard, right? Like, <sighs> yeah. I think online has done. Uh, or online usually sets the precedent for this stuff, and hundred big blinds yeah. is standard for sit and goes. I think. Or heads up sit and goes? I think the sit and goes often start a little shallower, like 75 big okay. blinds. It used okay. to be 1,500 starting, 10, 20 blinds. Okay. Um, but a lot of the heads up MTTs online will start between 100 and 200 big blinds. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, usually I think it's 150 or 200. They're usually a little bit deeper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Think, I, I think the best of three format would be an interesting switch, but uh, maybe it becomes one of those things where you just implement it in the, in the Sweet 16 and beyond. 
I think could. that could be cool. Yeah. Or like like the bubble match is a best of three. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah, that'd be good. But maybe this structure is a little different because a 250 big line best of three might take 12 hours. Well, isn't isn't the bubble match Sweet 16? Yeah. 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 That's a, okay. So, so you're saying for the bubble, have it 100 big blinds best of three? Yeah. Because I think that it should be a best of three with enough chips to where there's not an actual strategy of just jamming for 50 bigs. Yeah, like, that's when you, fair. For a recreational standpoint, it's like, oh, I spent X amount of money to play this amount of tournament just to get jammed on, and I'm just like flipping coins. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. Where like, uh, if you're I guess playing 100 big blind best of three, it's like, you're not going to face that. And yeah, maybe 100 big blind, 20 minute levels, best of three, or 25 minute levels, best of three from Sweet 16 on. Yeah. Uh, would be the best. The, the thing is, there's, there's very little incentive for them to change because they've had tremendous success. They two and a half X the, the buy in and capped out. So it's not here's, like. So I'm about to bring 100K heads Here's what up. I will say, though. Here's what I will say is I'm rather confident in that all of the people that did play the tournament would also play the other structure. Like, I don't yeah, think that there's anyone that entered the tournament that entered the tournament knowing what it was. Like, oh, I'm only going to play this heads-up format tournament because it's this way. I think that everybody entered because it's a heads-up tournament and would play reasonable structures. Yeah, obviously. You're basically saying that everybody would play a better structure. Right. So because it's a well-structured event, why should they change? They should change because it's an even better structure, and then maybe they might cap. Uh, like, go to 128 or something. It just depends on the price point. Because, like, a 5K heads up that'll cap at 128. Let, let me just possible. jump in real quick because I have tried to set up heads up tournaments at Reno. Of course, different scale. Uh, from a tournament organization standpoint, it's heads up tournaments are the worst. They're very dealer inefficient. Um, and everybody that enters them tend to be better players. So, uh, the, the player count that you get is going to heavily be based on the rake that exists. So if you have a smaller rake, you're taking even less with additional dealers because it's one dealer for every two, two people. Mm -hmm. So generally, like we wanted to do a lot more uh, heads up tournaments in Reno. We ended up axing it all together. So going up to 128 and doubling up on the dealers in the first um, rotation yeah sounds like a, an absolute nightmare yeah, yeah. Tournament organization. that makes sense for the high price point then too like just just sticking to the high roller for that correct format, right. so like that, you know so that a three percent or five percent rake or whatever actually brings in a ton of revenue okay that makes more money <laughs> <laughs> let's just stick to let's just stick to 25k and up like don't, don't waste my time okay <laughs> i will well, not complain i know for online heads up in some cases like for the wpt 25k that they did um the format was based off of the overall hands played in the level instead of time. So yeah. you always played a certain amount of structured hands per level. Maybe that number is 14. Maybe that number is whatever, right? But instead of a 20 minute level, because some people are going to be playing different amounts of hands at every level, right? Because back to what we were talking about, Christoph and Cori waste played an entire level in one hand. Yeah. Where if there was a 14 hand cap and then you move on, then you can finish at your own pace. Yeah, so but then shot clock is very, 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 very critical. Yeah. Right. You just you have a shot clock, and right. then you have a certain hand. But it's like, at hands. least Christoph was punished for an 18-minute hand in the current structure is my point. Right? At least they only got in one hand that level, and then the blinds went up. Maybe he was rewarded. Well, it depends if, on what his what strategy is, What if he is, wants to play shorter? What if he doesn't Yeah, he doesn't if edge. his strategy is to get short, then obviously he's rewarded in that instance. But the whole point is that, like... Uh, if you're doing a hand system, which I do think is better, I agree with you. Uh, mm -hmm. The shot clock is absolutely critical because of what Andre's saying. You can't have dealers tied up 
into a nine hour match right because everybody just wants to take infinite time uh over their 14 hands for that level yeah i'm definitely advocating for shot clocks shot clocks are good more shot clocks are better about it yeah i i think that overall the event's a tremendous success i i think that there are small tweaks that probably could be made to make the event better but the point I was originally making is uh, there's very little incentive for WSOP to listen to them because people keep showing up, right? It's one of those things where uh, when you affect the pocketbook, changes will be made. Whenever there are people on a waiting list, uh, it, it's very difficult from the operator's standpoint to take any sort of criticism or feedback because it's like, this is unfounded. Like, look at how overwhelming successful it is. I mean, I do think it's better for production, though. So, like, Poker Go or whoever's producing mm -hmm. the, the live stream, I think, would benefit from a shallower structure. Yep. And I don't know that it's going to be, like... I think they would disagree, though, based really? off of... Well, I'm just judging off of uh, the, the duel. Right. That structure is crazy deep and very oh, slow. It? Yeah. It takes so long. Like yeah, I think they start, like, 400 bigs deep. Yeah, that's true. I like, watch it. Go play cash. Back. Still going. How many still limping buttons? Three hundred fifty <laughs> big that's blinds only, effective. I mean, they're they're drawing out a single match. That's yeah. the whole event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole that, event that's is one true. match, right? That's yeah. true. You got you have best of three, sixty-four players. You've got a ton of things to put on air. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. That, like almost, speedy matches are good for you. They almost yeah. want it to drag out, right? Because it's like if yeah. if, if sure. you show up and it's a one-hand match, it's like you don't want a Tyson fight. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, was about to say I mean, that. sometimes you might. No, you know, no one watches it. Bro, when you pay like $65 to watch Tyson and immediately just got, it's a 10 second match, you're like, why'd I pay for this? Like, it's, it's, it's well, not. You it was like it. a running joke for yeah. the better part of a decade. Like, you didn't have time to pop popcorn whenever you were paying yeah, for a Tyson match. Joke. Joke, <laughs> like, sure. well, I mean, in UFC, maybe it's different because there's more, more fights. There's more fights. Yeah, because right. sometimes with UFC, like, someone just has a four second knockout, like, 10 first round, half, in, half the time, and it's just like, whoa, like, yeah, but, but nobody is such things. a big draw that the undercard doesn't matter. Right. Where with Tyson, like, I couldn't tell you a single fucking undercard for the entire 90s. Right. Not one. It's more like everyone's there for the Tyson fight up. There he goes again, knocking him out in 10 seconds. Yeah, you literally suffer through hours of undercard in order to watch Tyson walk out through <laughs> three punches and just be done standing <laughs> over the guy. It's like, all right, cool. Yep. That was $65 See you well next spent. week, guys. See you next week. Um... What was the last thing? Sorry, <laughs> I spaced on that. Uh, so I guess the the last thing to to talk about, um, Dan Smith wins his first bracelet. Obviously, uh, you're probably pretty gutted. You were vying for your first one as well. Tell me a little bit about uh, your experience uh, with Dan, and then more importantly, like what, like is it just the money? Does the bracelet matter? I mean, I know I have my opinion on this kind of stuff, but like I'm a I'm a very old jaded cash player who just doesn't seem to give a shit but kind yeah. of quietly yeah. does give a shit bro you give so much of a shit dude. nah no shit's given <laughs> bro phil golf on yesterday said sorry to cut you guys off he said i'll take 250 in the bracelet over 500k wow and the only thing I, exact i was like how <laughs> much money do you have <laughs> <laughs> enough to get the goddamn bracelet so he's literally paying 250k for, for the just win. No, not his first bracelet, just another bracelet. <laughs> wow, dude. Pretty base. Hey, Rap, ask for a raise, wow. dude. Immediately yeah. after this podcast over, just text Phil, like, yeah. I need more money. I think, <laughs> I, think I will. Yeah. Or maybe I'll ask to start getting paid in bracelets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> if they're worth that much. I didn't realize they were that high. 
Oh, for another one it's like you have one tesla you pay more for the second one it's it's so wild man yeah okay, i anyway, mean go. i'm i'm like I, i've been a cash player for most of my career like tournaments are i don't know i played them on and off but let's say three years now it's been my main game so the whole allure of a bracelet is new to me like it still hasn't quite i don't know settled in as like the the pinnacle of what i'm trying to achieve right but um making deep runs getting on streams like having success it it all kind of uh peaks i guess at, at winning bracelets so i understand that it is sort of like the the main thing uh for dan obviously there's like a lot more to it i think um he's been a tournament player forever obviously he's like he cares a lot about the world series of poker so just different i think backgrounds in in terms of like how highly we rate that particular achievement in poker um and i'm happy for him i mean it's yeah it's a cool I, thing i think i think age and duration matter a little like when did you first get into poker i started in like oh seven oh six around then okay so your your exposure is still pre-black friday but it's a little bit like in the middling stage of the moneymaker boom you yeah. weren't watching like the early episodes of of wsop with like the crew and I've seen some, like, I, I think the first one I watched start to finish was the Jamie Gold year. Okay. Um, I was aware of the previous ones, but I didn't see all the coverage. Yeah, like, right, around, right, around, some of it, but, right yeah. around that time frame, they stopped, like, uh, broadcasting the mixed events so much. Yeah. It was a lot more No Limit focused, stuff like that. Uh, I, I bring that up because, uh, you know, we kind of talk about this with Landon a lot, too, who almost certainly missed that entire decade. And... There's just so much, I mean, they did a great job branding and marketing because there's so much allure that got pro, pre-programmed into us that began in that moneymaker era of like 2003. Like I really felt Dan's speech in a weird way because I, I pretend like I don't give a shit. Like it's a piece of metal. Like no, I know no. it's one of those things with diminishing returns where it's like the second you win it, uh, it feels good for a brief moment in time and then it just becomes another bullet point on your resume. And it's like, okay, I got the monkey off my back kind of thing uh, and that's nice. But what will be a little bit nicer is what I get to spend the winnings on or, or whatever. Or an extra $250,000. Right. But the reality is that there is this weird psychological fixation on this one particular achievement and uh, you know, just watching Dan's uh, kind of speech, him getting a little bit emotional and a little choked up. It was like, man, I I really understand that because like in 2003, whenever we didn't know shit about shit and we were fresh to the industry and everything was new and there was no cap to this to this uh, community or, or career path, it was like, I'm going to be that guy. Every summer you'd show up, it's like, I'm going to be the guy who wins three bracelets. I'm going to be the anomaly. I'm going to be the one that uh, everybody's talking about this summer. And I don't know why it matters because at the end of the day, I wouldn't exchange 250K for a win. Like first is 250 in a bracelet, second's 500. Give me second every single time. But when there isn't that asymmetry between the rewards and you don't have to choose between money or, or the trophy, it's a nice addition. You know, it's, it's a big deal. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy because there are hundreds of people with bracelets that aren't faces in this community uh you know they're one and done they're kind of like one hit wonders in the music industry type of thing but that doesn't necessarily discredit 
people who have this 20 year music career with uh, all these platinum albums and things like that, it still matters to them, you know? Uh, Guapo, you got Dan's speech. You want to roll that? What's it feel like to be a World Series of Poker bracelet winner? Um, I mean, I remember watching uh, poker with my dad on ESPN. Uh, yeah. This, was, this is what it's about. Yeah. The emotion running through you right now. Who's this bracelet for? Is it for you? Is it for the support system? Oh, this is for me. Yeah. <laughs> People could touch it or look at it, but this is this is mine. Long time coming. I'm going to let you touch it right now. It's an honor of mine, Dan, to present you with your very first uh, World Series of Poker bracelet. Thank you. There it is. Congratulations. Hold it up to that camera if you'd like. Dan Smith, the winner of the 25K Heads Up Championship. Pickleball, Dan. Why you got What's it feel like to be rap? Like, winner of the 25K Heads Up Championship. <laughs> and my man just has to sit here watching it, bro. That's <laughs> fucked up, bro. Like, We've all been there. Nah, he hasn't been there. Honestly, I'm loving it. That, that video is so good. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's you know, a, a brief moment of, of actual emotion. And hell, I mean, pickleball Dan, you know, that's a hell of an achievement that's, for a professional yeah. pickleball player. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who recreationally dabbles in poker once in a while. I mean, it's it's impressive. Like, you know, now he has his, his gold medal. He has his gold bracelet. He's He may as well just be a uh, Jersey Italian before it's all said and done. You know, he's just going to yeah. be rocking all the gold everywhere. The vice president of the Council of Dan's got a bracelet. So that's Dan's one, me, zero. <laughs> <laughs> so it's me versus a lot of Dan's, yeah. Wait, Zach doesn't have one? Dan, no, he well, does. Dan is also on the Council of Dan, but this summer only. Because oh, the okay. Council of Dan Understood. has been created this summer. <laughs> so right now it's a running uh, count of me no, versus see, the Council of Dan. He doesn't know that the Council of Dan's always existed. Yeah. They're just <laughs> on you now. What do you mean they've always existed? They've always existed, man. They're like the, the Freemasons. Yeah. You know, it's like the Freemason Society. They, yeah, they've always been they're, there. They're the Illuminati, man. The Council of Dan's, are, they run the <laughs> poker community. Yes. You didn't know this? It got changed from Phil's to Dan, like somewhere around like 2010. I guess this would put the, the gaslight count at 11. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. You don't, you don't understand. You'll, you'll get it soon. It's a, yeah. Hey, let's create the Council of Landits. No, know? there's only one. Well, maybe That's we can find some the best council of all time. Got, we we can merge council. it with other names. Like it could be the Landons and Brandons and... and... The Council of Andon. Yeah, yeah. I like no. that. The council no, of... I don't. It'll be like me, Brandon, Chuck Harris, and then... Uh, and that's it. You know what? That's it. Fine. It's a council, not a partnership. Two-man yeah. council. <laughs> oh, man. There, there are some flaws in this thought. We'll figure it out. There's some, there's some good and-ins out there. Nope. You know, to me, um, in UFC, there's, there's a couple of fighters that were journeymen for the most part, and they finally got the belt. You know, they... they switch divisions or whatever they switch games and all of a sudden they found a ton of success and you love to see that story and they finally mm -hmm. get the belt and that's what i kind of see with dan smith like i'm not diminishing him by calling him a journeyman because this industry is a little bit different than ufc um yeah ufc it is percentages for the most part but like you get such a low volume uh in in your fights here in poker it's like a fucking crapshoot for sure yeah. And it's nice to see someone finally get it, you know, like someone finally obtain it. Well, that's um, kind of the beauty of the industry is it's baked in to where you'll always have this sort of level of um, 
I guess like narrative based stories, right. right? There's always gonna be somebody who has been on the outside looking in for far too long that is going to be a story. Uh, and then there's gonna be guys like me that so 30 years from now, you're gonna story. write about how I've never won a fucking tournament. Oh, you're trying, he's trying to, <laughs> he's trying to, he's trying to wind it. Wait, wait, he's trying to wind it. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna be sitting here, wait, no, you know, no. 55 years old on no. the podcast mic. Every night we get a text message. I'm just gonna have to wind this one in, guys. Uh, so I'm gonna be 35 <laughs> years <laughs> into the industry, you know, Matt. just just out here still slinging it, be like uh, journeyman. Can, can I you have open? 650 World Series caches and never a win. It's can you open me. that I mean, drawer? Call me Doyle. Open that drawer next to you. Doyle that has second drawer. Yeah, Doyle. <laughs> you got to play in four person fields, man. He was he was the best. <laughs> He's the best of four. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know the the storyline on Jay Kuhn at Triton was he dusted every single event there, probably down like one point five, one point yeah, seven, and then wins the the final tournament for uh, one point or two million or something. That like might that. be it, Berkey. That, that might, be, that might be you, Burke. You, you just, just gotta get. You just keep win like the. What, which, what's the event we keep saying he's going to do well in? The seniors? No, the, 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 <laughs> <laughs> fucking oh, No, not that one. Like fucking the Bay, the Warriors. Like, so you know, Warriors. You, you, you joke about seniors. that. I literally never played that event, and I never will play. You're going to play this no, year? No, I won't. This is going to be the last event you play. After you're gonna have a, someone's going to come in with a bracelet bet next week, and nope. it's going to be like... Nobody followed through. Uh, I played the 500 shit show this weekend because it was a $5 million guarantee and somehow got like $8 million in the prize pool. That was worth it, but also not worth it. It, <laughs> it was honestly like, for anybody who's seen the movie The Princess Bride, where uh, they put him on the torture chamber that sucks life out of him, yeah. that was what playing that event for 15 <laughs> hours was like. Four hours of break time. Four hours. It's way too much. The day is way too long. You bag it 150 yeah. Starting at 10 a.m. And I was there at 10.30 in the morning. Like, it's too much. I was in physical pain by the time I got into my bed. I woke up after eight hours of sleep feeling like I needed another day and a half in bed. Like, yeah. I'm done uh, on I, the 500 marathons. I feel pretty drained. Guapo, you're the best. That, and I don't think I made it past dinner any day. <laughs> yeah, by I have, the way, I want to say 45 minutes is enough. What do you mean? To do everything you have to do on a dinner break. It, yeah, it... I, count, uh, I timed it twice this if, week. If, if I could offer a bit of feedback, it would be that when they do that first color up at, I guess it's the halfway point of level the day. And I think it was. Uh, yeah, level 10. Yeah. So it's roughly the halfway point. It's an hour break anyway, mm -hmm. right? So to do an hour long color up break and then take dinner two hours later for 90 minutes too much. is maddening. Yeah. Just cut the dinner break. Let that be the dinner break. If you have to extend it, if, if you want to make it 75 minutes there, fine. But no matter what, it's going to be an hour. Like, I played it three times. I went through that color break three times. Yep. And all three times, the shortest one was 52 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, okay, we have a dedicated hour here anyway. Make it dinner break. Like, let's, let's not mess around. And let's get that 90 minutes back. Because the difference between bagging at 2 a.m. and midnight is night and day. It's fucking huge. When you've been there since 10 a.m. It's huge. Yeah, and I'm complaining from like a point of privilege. Imagine like all the recreational weekend warriors that came out here for this specific event that are retired in their 50s that are like up since 6 a.m. because that's their usual routine. And they're getting, you know, they're getting in their pump quick walk in the morning, you know. Why are you talking about me like this? 
I didn't realize. Linda, Linda, <laughs> our friend Linda, who's a older lady, she played three times. Three times. Cash three times. Cash three times, then bagged yesterday at 2 a.m. Yeah. So imagine the amount of total hours yeah. at the at Bally's. That's like Oh, she 100% was there for first card off every single day. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But that's think about that. That's nuts amount of 45 hours. 45 hours in 4 days to make a day Jesus. 2. And then turn around and and start time on day 2 is 10 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So she bagged at 2 a.m. start time 10 a.m. Go get your 5 hours and come back for day 2. After playing multiple days already. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's it's so like uh, it's a very light criticism because I don't think anybody does a better job in the world at running these massive field events than WSOP. With the caveat that they don't really consider uh, what it is to play in one of these things. And, you know, we don't really consider what it is to run one of these things. But, like, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't envy the dealers. I don't envy the floor people. I don't envy the staff. I don't envy any of them. But I also don't envy anyone like Linda who played this three fucking times <laughs> for 45 hours to bag a day two unless she wins it for 1.5. Yeah. Um, what would be... The argument of not just doing the color up on dinner or moving dinner down in level. Yeah, they could do that too. I, I think that they, so you could do a dual color up on the dinner break, mm -hmm. color up the hundreds and five hundreds. Okay. I think that they're, they're being very efficient with the new structures, uh, where the color ups fit in. Yeah. And I think that that's appreciated, but also I think like in these massive field events, it's fine to just have extra chips on the table for them. two hours. Yeah. You caused some controversy on Twitter. I, I, I would like to hear Kevin's take on that controversy. Oh yeah, I was going to bring this up. Uh, so this, this is what we can end on. Uh, I'd like to hear your, your input. I feel like it's taken the wrong way or maybe like I just don't see the world as black and white as everybody else. But uh, I basically said that like this $500 event is the absolute best value that somebody who is an up and comer could ever partake in. Um, just in the sense that, yes, it's long. Yes, it's grueling. Yes, you have to wait in lines. There are a lot of small sacrifices that you need to make that hurt your quote-unquote hourly. But the upshot of having a windfall in the six or seven-figure range and the opportunities that can garner from that can make you the 1% that make it. And I got a ton a big... of fucking blowback. Uh, just endless replies of like, it's a lottery. Uh, let's Let's not over exaggerate here this is 200 dollars worth of ev that type of stuff uh, i'd be curious like what your standpoint is uh on on both sides yeah i think i'm kind of on the like lottery side of of these kind of events i've just like played enough of them to know that i mean everyone knows 98 percent of the time you get nothing you know 99 percent of the time you get nothing in the, in the scheme of thinking about a big score to kickstart a career right and a lot of people who kickstart careers through big scores just lose it back. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how lotteries work, right? Everyone knows that like someone who never had money, who just gets a ton of money is whatever percent likely, like 90% likely to lose it back within the year. So, I mean, it was easier when I got into poker to like grind your way up the stakes for sure. But any method of grinding your way up the stakes, maybe now that's through like a different opportunity in the in the poker industry maybe that's through like youtube or something right but there's there's other ways to build up like a steady career i don't know like biggest opportunity i mean it's a fine one if if it's not a big downside for you i would take the shot obviously i would put 500 bucks in if i had a few thousand dollars probably but if it was like expensive and and you're risking a lot to get in if you had to raise money for it whatever like i don't know i don't know if it's that great yeah, I mean, anybody that has to raise money for a 500 is drawing dead anyway. Yeah. So that wasn't really who I was speaking to. It's more so speaking to the people that are caught in the trap 
uh, up and coming players that are are good, but are pretty restricted to like one, three, two, five, no limit, let's call it, yeah. which are in and of themselves a rake trap. And then also forcing you to, maybe this won't be true of everybody, but it's almost going to certainly be true of people in their 20s that are good at this game and have a potential future, but don't have real capital, right? Uh, they're going to be both playing off of and living off of their bankroll. So the big, the big delineator here of the blowback and the people who agreed, and then also maybe the messaging of what I could have done better, is I'm specifically speaking to live players. Because the trajectory to just scale is, is not as clear. You can't just start at quarter 50 uh, and then just work your way up to 510 no limit and have a million dollars. It kind of doesn't work that way. You just have to dive into this rake trap, go broke over and over and over again. I'm not saying you have to, but that's kind of the, the ecosystem. That's the way it's developed. Um, if you have sub 30,000, there aren't great options to give you low uh, risk of ruin, mm -hmm. right? So you're just taking on uh, absorbent risk the entire time that you're starting off until you get over a certain, certain uh, milestone. Maybe it's 50K, maybe it's 100. Uh, I guess it depends on where your skill set lies, what your expenses are, and things of that nature. And basically what I was saying is that it's a, it's a massive opportunity. Really what I was saying is like, suck it up. Because a lot of people will just fade this saying my hourly is not high enough and I have to waste a lot of time jumping through hoops in order to take this chance. But in a lot of ways for people who have that low bankroll that could never in a million years afford the main event, um, this is going to be a much better opportunity to have all of yourself in than to have, call it, 1% of yourself in the main event or 5% of yourself in the main event. Totally agree. Yeah. I think uh, when you put it that way, like if I'm imagining someone who's got a 2-5 bankroll or something, mm -hmm. It's, it's not really just about hourly, right? Like right. You, you can't, I mean, I, I used to do this myself when I was more of a cash player. I was thinking like, it's not about, am I making $40 an hour in this tournament or $20 or $10 an hour or whatever. It was, can I afford the downside of this tournament? Yes. Will it change my hourly tomorrow if I lose? No, right? If it doesn't change your hourly when you lose, then you just proceed tomorrow as normal when you lose. Yeah. But if winning or, or hitting whatever score, like call it a top 0.1% score or something, if that boosts your hourly immediately, or if that boosts, you know, your, your potential in this career immediately, then it's, it, I don't know. It seems I like should have you write my gamble, tweets. Right? I should have you write my tweets because that's precisely what I was saying. Well, I need like a blog post. I need like, three, yeah, that, you know, three minute read on WordPress. Same, which is yeah. the problem. <laughs> so I know that about myself, but instead of just not putting the tweet out in 280 characters, I like to just get myself flamed. Sure. Because I don't have time to write the blog. But uh, no, yeah, that's precisely what I'm talking about. When the, yeah. when the upside is so asymmetric and it can increase your hourly or your, your potential future EV by magnitudes, it seems crazy to just like chalk it up to like, oh, this is a crap shoot. Uh, I don't want to wait in line. I don't want to do all these things. Instead, I'm going to go back to my day job and keep making $40 an hour at 2.5 and hope someday to break through. Mathematically, you're never going to break through, right? I you just won't. I think, you know, even from the replies that I was reading, everybody's time horizon is always infinite. And that's just not the case. Correct. You weren't making that, that distinction. Um, I like to think of it as uh, it's like you're in crypto. But now there's a fixed time for you to find out the answer. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, buy this NFT and you get to just know if you're a millionaire tomorrow. Yeah. And I think that's the benefit of it. Right? Whereas crypto, you could wait 10,000 years and you, you just don't know when to buy or when to sell. So I think that's where there's just tremendous upside and it's super asymmetric. 
and it fits a lot of people's schedules. That's some diamond hands holding for 10,000 years. Yeah. You, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the big counter is like, oh, well, you're really only earning like $200 in EV, which I also think is like a farce. Let's not pretend that there aren't guys who are playing 25 cent, 50 cent online that don't have 100% ROI in this field. I mean, yeah, the structure on day one is fast, but it slows down moving forward when the money matters and the field is 90% plus Rex, uh, the, the variant skills. But, you know, I, I played with... Just yesterday alone, I've probably played with 30 or 40 people that it was their first event ever. So it's just like, I mean, you know, you, you just don't get spots like that. And to pass on them because you feel above them in some way, shape, or form, or you don't want to give up the potential 30 hours of making 40 bucks an hour at 2.5 in order to do it uh, seems pretty short-sighted uh, from my vantage point, I guess. You guys have an opinion? No there's gamble, a, no future. There's a 600 Chocolate. today for another bracelet you can get, Perky. I don't want to miss 1506 <laughs> max. My specialty. You're a 6 max reg? No, I'm a 1500 reg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you missed the gym this morning. My sweet spot. <laughs> Those are my people. They like to cold call three bets. Berkey, like cold, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> That's what I said. Those are my people. <laughs> Bro, I, would, I, lo I would love to see a correctly executed three-bet cold call. I'm very excited for it. I have the perfect Stick situation around. for you winning a bracelet in the near term. Go right? on. So you, you have a prop bet with someone, mm -hmm. and it's to buy into the ladies' event. So you, let's say like you and Dan O'Brien okay. have it a prop bet, has and the loser... Yeah, loser has to buy into the like, ladies' event. Why do you want to get me canceled so far? I know. No, no, no. This is how <laughs> it happens. What, and then why? you win the ladies' event, and you show that picture, and you're just a shit show on, on Twitter and everywhere. Yeah, you're only bracelet. This is the, the only what? way you, you get a bracelet. You own part of this company. Why do you burn it to the ground? Listen, so Andre's here for I'm just memes, trying to hack the, the way that it, it just makes sense for your life to get a bracelet. I own in the a next piece, dude. Year. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> you guys are terrible. Run, run it. You're terrible friends. No, no. You're terrible <laughs> business you owners. Until the seniors event. I'm you know, the show goes on. It's, it's, it's one or the other. Do you want the bracelet now or later? Landon, do you allow it? Of course he has to pick the bracelet with an asterisk next to it. No, absolutely not. First of all, like, if I in some way, shape, or form lost some sort of prop bet where I had to play the ladies event, I would just donate. I wouldn't actually play That's it. That's really nice. I, yeah, agree. I, think, I agree with that. I remember people saying something about, like, either... Buying in and not playing a hand, like letting your stack blind out, which I think is worse, versus just like adding money to the prize pool itself, like extra money for first or whatever. Why is that worse? I think because like the stack is now dead and now there's like dead blinds and now people have to play. Yeah, but it's so meaningless. Blind. I don't know. Just I, I register mean, the 25k heads. I up. hear You'll things. Apparently, I can't be that big of a dog. <laughs> there's, a 50K today. there's a 50k today. There is. Wait, why did you register? I'm not playing the 50k. I already played my 50k. Uh, <laughs> that that didn't too. go very well. I, I don't think I want a fucking hand, man. It was so annoying. I, I came back for break with 30 bigs to ace king on the button, and I just knew I was busting. <laughs> Positive of it. it Did you Big blind three bed jam. I'm just like, good game, man. Like, your <laughs> deuces are going to be so, so good here. Call fives. Yeah. Five in the door. Get me out of here. Uh, you're playing the 50K today? No, I'm not. Really? Yeah. Why? You're so. But good. you're rich. Funny. <laughs> I, w I wanted to play. Funny story. I'm flying to Vancouver tomorrow to become a citizen, Canadian oh, citizen. Oh. Okay. Wait. You're foregoing American citizenship? No, that's not the plan. That's because I did clapping? it backwards. You I, did it backwards. Yeah, I had to try to become an American citizen. Yeah, yeah. And you're just 
giving it up. Like, no problem. No, and just, you can it's hold dual. both. You can be dual. Wow, you guys Wait, you can be both? Yes, yeah. you can be both. Yeah. I was lucky oh, to get shit. one. That's why we're clapping. Yeah. I thought he was giving up his American citizenship. I didn't know no, you no. weren't American. I thought you were Canadian the whole time. Oh, no, I grew up in Chicago. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you mean this What's the benefits of Canadian citizenship? Well, citizenship. I live there. It's, you know. Oh. Yeah, I want to okay. be Canadian. Okay. He's, you you fit you. Canadian. Wow, so you're so <laughs> Canadian. 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 Like, he's like, yeah, I didn't call clock because, you know, it was only the, it wasn't the river. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're allowed. Sure. That's, so, that's the interview process? Is interview. How long does it take until you call the clock on someone? Yeah. What was yeah. the nicest Oh, gee, I don't know. Uh, maybe if he's on the river. <laughs> Mike's, McDonald's a Canadian citizen, but he'll stare at you. Mike might be the most ruthless Canadian I've ever met in my entire life. He, he belongs in America, for sure. Uh, he was on the side of tanking. Yeah, Mike him and Harala Bob. So you're gone just... I'm just flying for like two days and I'm back. Okay, cool. Private? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a contact? I do. <laughs> yeah, he owes you like nine blinds or so. Yeah. <laughs> I seriously have like a budget ticket on the smallest Canadian airline. Like, of course, this airline that literally almost lost its license last week. They were they had a flash sale like ninety bucks to Vancouver because they thought they're gonna lose their license to operate. Wow. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I get no bags, nothing. Man, I love K Rev. Man. <laughs> Jesus, plays twenty five K. Takes a ninety bit. $90 frontier bootleg Flair. frontier. Flair. <laughs> Flair Airlines. Yeah. Where? Flair? Flair. I've never heard you of You never that. even heard of it, right? Flair. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> That's no. nice. If you own their stock, sell. Sell now. <laughs> sell before. It's, it's, it's going down. Oh, man. All right. That's crazy. We'll see you again, though. You're going to be back for the 28th for Poker Out Loud. That's right. All right. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Very excited yeah, for that. Because it's what exciting. What is up with the okay. audience over there? I don't know. It's exciting. the Maury show? They're happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, it's an exciting time. Yeah, no, we really appreciate you doing that. Seriously. The lineup is going to be fun. It's going to be you, Schwan, another fellow Canadian. You know, real Canadian, not like Imported. yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, Schwan, Espen uh, from Overbed Express. Um, who else is coming? You, me, Christian, and one other. I'm, I'm forgetting someone. That's mm -hmm. bad. Six, though. No, We're but there's seven? seven of us. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's bad. I'm forgetting someone. This oh, is... was it Marchington? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nick Marchington. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Forgetting him wasn't that big of a deal. He's a friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad whenever you ask a favor and forget the person. But, like, when it's a friend and they would have played anyway, it's like, ah, okay. No big yeah. deal. Wait, is Marchington in town? Yeah. He's oh. here now? I didn't know he was here yet. He should come oh, back. he might not be here yet, but he'll be right. here for that. That's why I blanked, because I, I haven't seen him yet. But. All right. Yeah, we'll Ooh. have him on at some point. Yeah. So yeah, really appreciate you doing that. Looking forward to it. That'll be season eight of Poker Out Loud. Should drop sometime in October, I think. Um, we'll get you all the footage and stuff. You can do whatever you want with it. I know you Sweet. wanted to do some training stuff out of it. So Very if you guys nice. haven't already, please check out KRab's social, uh, at KRabichow, right? That's right. On Twitter. Uh, also, one of the elite coaches for Run at Once training. Check out some of his stuff there. The best coach on Run at Once. Very good stuff. Wow. That's strong. Wow. That is strong. I think he, he is. He told me he only watches sauce videos. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty good, too. <laughs> that's no lie. He's not no, lying. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. No, he's not. 
No, before that was like a long time ago. <laughs> it was like, like a year and a half. No, it wasn't. It was not. It was like, <laughs> we were sitting in the same room. It was like room. a twenty. Oh, that shot like, fired at Phil at Gelf or at uh, at K Rab. All you, you're That's all noticed. He's sitting right here, man. Yeah. Ah, K Rab's the best. Yeah. Tim puts them all in notice, man. He just only watches sauce videos. No. Sauce is the best. It's okay. You're allowed. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it for us. We're going to be back again tomorrow, 11 a.m. We have to be on time tomorrow because I can't be late for that six max, man. It's so juicy. Just fuck us, right? Because we're playing small stakes. It's 1,500, man. (laughs) Stop being such a fucking nit. You're the guy. Wait, you're not playing anymore? He's the guy in the reply saying, like, let's not pretend this isn't 200 EV. It was 200 EV. In the I still played. Yeah, 200 EV times four bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 800 bucks. You'll live. Way All more. Right. Way more than K. Rab's. Same flight. time, same place tomorrow. <laughs> if you guys haven't already, please like, subscribe, leave a comment below. It helps the channel a lot. Thank you guys so much for watching. K. Rab, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back <laughs> manana. Later. That's Spanish.